Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Yes, indeed, it is the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Reginald Datatula. Chris Arnold, the three-time Hall of Famer, will be joining me shortly. Thanks for rocking with me on this Wednesday evening in the Metroplex. We got Ross Lebensky on the ones and twos. Thank you, sir. And you, rocking with us. You can always get involved with the program by texting in to the truckwreck.com text line. That number is 877-881-1053. Again, 877-881-1053. Or you can watch us. By uh, searching 105 through the fan on YouTube or going to twitch.tv slash Dallas fan cam. As I mentioned, Chris Arnold will be joining me shortly. You you heard him just a second ago hosting Cowboys Crosstalk, the final one of this season. Not because of the Cowboys record or anything or what happens there. But, you know, we just that that special programming is, has come to an end. But hopefully the Cowboys season will not. They have opportunities. Uh, this week to start a trek in the postseason with the Green Bay Packers. Um, before we get further into that, uh, obviously I got you till 11. want to let you know that. Uh, myself and CA will be here till 11 p.m. We got you uh, with what should be a fun program. And currently, as a, you know, we got you till 11, we'll give you updates on the Stars taking on the Wilds. They are hosting this time around. And they're doing they're doing one of those things as a host that you're not supposed to do in real life, but as a, in sports you're definitely supposed to do, which is whip these people. Three to nothing right now in the second period. I know that Matt Duchesne had a goal. I know Rope Hintz has a goal. Let me see if I can catch up with it. Oh, and Joe Pavelski got a goal in the first period. They are handling business in the highlighter green jerseys or sweaters, you know, the black ones with the highlighter. Um, uh, what's What's the right word for that? Because I was going to say highlighter highlights, and that sounds stupid. Yeah, I was going to say neon, but I don't think that's exactly what you're looking for. I mean, it is neon, but a trim, I guess, for lack of a better term. But, yeah, stars handling business on the ice at the AAC. Again, we'll keep you up to date, and hopefully there won't need to be too many updates because they will just handle the wild in this one. But, again, we'll keep you up to date going on there. But, like I mentioned earlier, you got Cowboys, Packers this weekend, Wild Card Weekend, or as the NFL wants to call it, Super Wild Card Weekend. Um, and that'll be on Sunday, 3.30, thereabouts, and you can hear that right here on 105.3 The Fan. But 
Look, man, this is this might be the game of the weekend that is the most um, expected to be lopsided or the most expected when it comes to who the winner should be. I know that the line is seven and a half, or it might it moves to seven. Uh, my my apologies on that, but I do believe that this one might be the most lopsided. And as I take a quick perusal of what's happening, oh no, Bills Steelers has a bigger line. Um, but I mean, still highly expected that the Cowboys are going to handle the Packers when it comes to like just the the betting of this all. And I think as we talk about this game, there are certain people that come up a whole bunch for the opposing Packers, right? Obviously. Jordan Love is the is the name. Obviously, when you talk about football in general, the quarterback will come up, right? And so with that being the case, Jordan Love is going to be a person of interest uh, because he, in some ways he was a little bit of an unknown commodity. There was a guy that they drafted in the first round a few years back, sat behind Aaron Rodgers, and now they have to figure out, is he the guy? And he's shown some flashes, and I think that, that he ends up being a focal point. And you also add A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, their running back duo. Those guys are really good. And you'll hear those names brought up as, Ross, I'm going to throw it to this audio. We sent it to our Cowboys correspondent for Cowboys Packers. Micah Parsons broke down this game. This is how he broke it down even. These are the Packers, Cowboys, uh, with Coach McCarthy. Coach McCarthy are the dead of the media. He said, I'm not going to let y'all make this about me. This is about the guys. I've been praising Jordan Love all season. He had one of the best debuts of uh, as a Packer quarterback in you know, Packer history. Uh, obviously, 41, over 4,100 yards, 32 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. And, yes, I said Jordan is a friend of mine, but we are not friends on Sunday. This is going to be a great matchup. Um, the Packers are also the youngest team to make playoffs since the NFL expanded to 16 games in 1978. This is a young team. Uh, it's going to be super, super, super dope matchup, super exciting. I mean, man, oh, man. This is going to be a close one. Uh, this is going to be a good one at that. But we're at home. Uh, man, it's going to be a great game. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, obviously, LaForce is one of the best coaches. Um, and, you know, Mike McCarthy is one of the best coaches. It's going, to be, it's going to be a heated matchup on Sunday. Great game. And obviously, they got Adrian, Aaron Jones, Aaron Dillon, A.J. Dillon. I mean, super great matchup. Can't wait to play out there Sunday. All right, a few things to note. I just want to take an opportunity, and again, I'm not trying to be a jerk or nothing, but it made me chuckle a little bit how he said debuts. He made sure to get that that T pronunciation in there. Made me smile. That's all I just wanted to make note of there. You 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 heard that right, Ross? Yeah, and it was so funny too because it's like it's almost like when like that one friend in a friend group says something just like super out of pocket, and like multiple people kind of like look up and look at one another. Like, did he really just say that? But it wasn't that out of pocket, and it's not even something that like uh, is egregious or anything. Just caught my attention. I thought that was hilarious. Um, shout out to Michael Parsons, but also right. Um, didn't seem like one he had a ton to say when it comes to this game, and some of that is probably just hey, he is about to play this team. No need to give all the advanced scouting, right? But then also, I think that some of this is the expectation of this game is that the Cowboys should handle business there. And you notice the players that he mentioned. He mentions A.J. Dillon. He mentions Aaron Jones. He mentions Jordan Love. And I think that when it comes down to it, that's the side of the ball that people are paying attention to. However, is there more to this matchup that we're not paying attention to, especially when we're talking about the Dallas offense and the Green Bay defense? And the reason why I bring this up also uh, Stephen Ruiz of The Ringer wrote a very interesting piece about, you know, the basic storylines to 
the various wild card matchups. And what he highlights is this offense with Mike McCarthy and if they can exploit the defense that is helmed by defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, Joe Barry. And this seems like a nonsense question because, again, the Cowboys, when it comes to scoring, was the league's leading scoring offense and was also the second best uh, offense by EPA. We talked about that a little bit yesterday. Like, this was a very effective offense this year, and that's considering that the first five weeks of the season was so-so, and then they came back after the bye week, and they came came back stronger, and they looked a lot better uh, running offense. And then you compare that with a Green Bay Packers defense that is what, 23rd in EPA, expected points added. And so with that being the case, like I think they're also about league average when it comes to points uh, defensively. And so all these things come together, and you go, that's a bad defense, a good offense. What's there to consider? I found this very interesting. Dak Prescott this season – um, has been very good all the way around, but I think the one the instances where um he's had a little bit of issue in the passing game is when you've seen some coverage, particularly cover two, cover four, cover six, and that happens to be what Joe Barry plays most offense or most often rather with this Green Bay Packers defense. And so, with that being the case, you look at the kind of numbers of this when you have those covered four, cover two, cover six. The numbers for Dak Prescott get a little bit worse, and I mean, you, especially when you talk about the total EPA has gone down, the yards per drop back goes down, which somewhat makes sense, right? We're talking about cover two, cover four, cover six. Those are kind of blanket coverages with safeties over top and trying to, you know, stop deep passing gives you some opportunities underneath. That's to be expected. The EPA per drop back also drops in the, in these instances, and the success rate drops, not a ton, but a little bit. And so, with that being the case, you and CA, I know that you've joined me here. Do you have any level of, I don't know, concern is not the right word, but do you think that we haven't thought enough about this matchup with the offense and the defense, considering that the Green Bay Packers might do the things on defense where they make the Cowboys be patient, work underneath, and consistently work up the field? I would be concerned if they're on the road. Okay. Seriously. If if this was the scenario and that's what they did, um, there's a slight concern because the last month they haven't been as dy- dynamic as they normally were uh, outside of the Washington game, but you already know the Washington had packed their bags by halftime. Um, but I think at home, the comfort level, the fact they've won 16 straight there, the, the home road splits are insane. And the fact that Green Bay is the youngest team to make the playoffs since the merger back in the 60s. Yeah. I just think that, you know, the Cowboys' formula is to score first and then make the other team make adjustments, and I think that's going to be the formula for success. So I'm not concerned, but it's something to be talked about because you got to consider it all. If, In other words, if things aren't working right, that's probably one of the issues. Yeah, and the the reason why I bring this up again, right, The you've seen in kind of the efficiency numbers the way that these schemes or the ways that Green Bay plays are some of the ways where you see less effective stats on a very effective season for Dak Prescott. And if you pair this again together with the when the Cowboys played the Packers, not this past season, but the season before, that was a 31-28 to victory for Matt LaFleur's team where their, their offense was very effective on the ground with Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. And then if you consider the idea of the defense that they play, hopefully 
at least for when, from the Packers' perspective, you hope that you're not giving up big plays. You're making them be methodical. And in that game in particular, Dak Prescott throws two interceptions. So you obviously turnovers then factor in. That's, that's what they're hoping to see the Packers are. I don't think that they'll be successful considering the ways that the Cowboys have gotten better um, with their turnovers, particularly this season. But you can see a situation in which the Packers are able to run the football, can't you? Oh, of course. In fact, that's been the Cowboys' Achilles heel for years. And with Dan Quinn's defense, they're pressuring the quarterback, which leaves an opportunity for teams to run it down their throats. And the good part for the Cowboys, uh, Jonathan Hankins is back. That helps. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you can't quite trust the fact that this team is going to hold up on the running game. But one thing is 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 comforting. Uh, the Miami and Detroit games, the the run defense has been better. Yeah. Um, Just in time. Yeah, definitely better. I don't know if it's completely fixed, and I don't think that's something that is going to be completely fixed in a yeah, quick turnaround. I don't turnaround. think that's part of what his, you know, I don't think that's part of their pedigree on the, on the defense. Right. Because, again, it has never been where it was there, and then all of a sudden it's broken this year. It's yeah. never been. It's always been an issue. But the, the idea being, I think that there's a little bit more to this this matchup. The offensive, the Cowboys offense, the Green Bay Packers defense. The Green Bay Packers also like have have done a great job when we come to drafting. Like uh, Goon Koontz, the uh, general manager, we made a lot, or a lot was made of the idea that Aaron Rodgers, while he was there, they didn't get him no wide receivers and all that. However, you look up in a lot of the players that they went and did bring in, um, especially later in the draft have been impactful, including their defensive players. And so you mentioned how young they are, but they're they are playing pretty well, and they're playing with house money yes. as well. There's there's a level of mm-hmm. um, expectation that isn't there for them. And so I do wonder if, if they're able to be relatively disciplined, make sure that they force the Cowboys to work their way up the field, and if the Cowboys aren't consistent in scoring in the red zone and getting down the field and you know if, if they find themselves where they're maybe not disciplined and they get themselves into third and longs the cow or sorry the Packers seem to want to have them on the field a whole bunch see if they make mistakes and then if they can run the football on the other side I think that would be maybe the recipe that poses the biggest chance of being successful against the Cowboys yeah I don't think the Cowboys are going to lose this game but the scenario you're painting is a possibility because all you have to do is look at the last game against Washington and realize in the first half basically the first quarter and the first half of the second quarter the Cowboys were discombobulated and Washington which had nothing to lose was coming up with every king they were throwing a kitchen sink in there and they were feeding off of that the difference between Washington and Green Bay is Washington, once the Cowboys started getting things back in order again, they quit because their season was not going anywhere. The Green Bay Packers, they can adjust. And they're young and say they don't, they don't know they're supposed to lose. So that's that's why you don't want to get them to get started. You don't want Green Bay to get started and, and, and have the game go their way, especially at AT&T Stadium where they're supposed to lose when they got nothing to lose. I also think that – and I mentioned, you know, kind of talking about the way that the Packers are seeing this game plan, I imagine, um, comparing it to that game last season between the Packers and Cowboys where the Packers win 31-28 on the road. Or, sorry, an overtime is the word that I was looking for. That was at Lambeau. Um, look, man, this offense is even more effective than it was last year. and so oh, yeah. I, and, I, and Dak has thrown only nine picks as opposed to leading the league in picks last year. 100%. 100%. And I think you also have more – more ways of getting at them. Um, 
And it seems like Dak is more comfortable hitting CeeDee Lamb underneath than just letting him go. Exactly. Even though CeeDee Lamb had 150 yards in that particular game, I think that you have that. And plus, I, there's, I think there's more opportunities to try and get deep, deep shots, even if that team is playing in such a way where they're trying to take that away. It seems like Dak Prescott, at certain times, at certain times he's been a little bit, um, you know, hesitant. At, but it seems like there's times where Dak's willing to take that shot to Jake Ferguson over the middle in that seam shot, even even if it's a little tight and throw it open. And he's been successful doing that. There's been times where they've worked and they've worked, and then you find the Brandon Cooks, um, you know, beater down the field, and all of a sudden there's your big play. And so I almost have more of a belief in Mike McCarthy's offense this season to be able to take on that, you know, that safety look that's supposed to be able to be the shell coverage that won't mm-hmm. allow you to take those shots. Exactly. I, I And it's going to be incumbent upon Mike McCarthy to make sure that you get those to kind of deflate the Packers because I think if they're not able to keep Dallas to just a simply methodical offense, if they, Dallas is able to get up and down and score the points like they like they want to and like they should, this is not going to be a challenge, I don't think, is it? Right, and, and the thing about the, the McCarthy offense, Dak was talking about this today. I was up there. At, I was, I'm already up here at the Star, but I was basically in the locker room and they were talking about different things and Dak was talking about how Mike McCarthy's fingerprints are all over this season when you think it's just the players doing this or doing that. He said, no, Mike came up with that. Mike came up with that. And uh, he, I also like the fact that the Cowboys' run game looked like something against Washington. Uh, be that as it may, Washington mm-hmm. is not the – the D line is not what it used to be, even to start the season. Um, it's still you had uh, you still had Tony Pollard and you still had uh, Rico Dotto looking like they could do some things. And Tony Pollard, by the way, quietly got a thousand yards this year. With that being said, Dak dropped something that uh, kind of made everybody grin. He said that Ezekiel Elliott is going to be at the game in his suite, and he also <laughs> mentioned that let's say he runs for, I'm talking about Dak, if he just breaks away and runs for about 10 yards, picks up a first down, he said, I might do the feed me. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be a fun little salute to a friend of his. I mean, Zeke, look, Zeke loves him some football. Zeke, uh, I, I, it, look, let me ask this question instead of saying it. Around that locker room, is there anybody that don't like Zeke that you know of? None. And Everybody so, loves Zeke. Hey, man, he got time. He can come and hang out with the Cowboys. Exactly. And you know he's a Cowboy for life. No matter where he's playing now, I I'd love to see what the what the fan reaction is to if he gets out there and does the feed me. Yeah, exactly. If Dak does the feed me, or if he points up to the the suite and does the feed me, and they get a camera shot of Zeke up there waving at him. Well, of course, uh, you can hear that game three thirty Saturday mm-hmm. or Sunday rather, right here on one hundred five through the fan. Obviously, you'll have Brian Broadus and um, Eric Chiafalo on the pregame show. There should be a, a player interview, shouldn't there, Chris Arnold? Yes, and how about we will hear from Jake Ferguson. And here's the angle. First of all, he's a fun interview. He grew up in Wisconsin, went to the University of Wisconsin, can't stand the Packers. Oh, yeah, you want to hear about this. Okay, so you definitely want to make sure that you tune in. About Probably about 12.30, I imagine, is when the mm-hmm. pregame starts right here on your home of the Cowboys, 105.3 The Fan. It's the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Reginald Latatula. That is the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold live from the Star in Frisco. A little bit of a remote work here going on. We still got a show for you. We got you till 11. And coming up next, let's discuss the retiring coaches. Well, one of them, I think I'm assuming that he retired. A couple of 72-year-olds gave up the game today. Let's discuss what that means for football in general. We'll do it next on The Fan. So get right right here on 105 through the fan. Reginald Datatula here with you. Alongside, in a way, Chris Arnold, the three-time Hall of Famer. CA, what's happening, man? 
Got you down. There he is. Out here at the star. That's right. It's weird not being able to directly look to you when I say that, but <laughs> I, I, I'm always happy to know that you're with me, alongside me in this program um, that we got going until 11 yes, p.m. Sir. No uh, doubt. That's right. Uh, you can always get involved with the program by texting into the truckrag.com text line, 877-881-1053. You can also catch us by searching 105 through the fan on YouTube or going to twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam. We got a lot of people hanging out with us. I see Marcus in there, Jay in there in the YouTube. King Baby, Opie World, Swaggy Booties all hanging out, uh, chatting. That don't sound right. Swaggy Booties all hanging out. <laughs> That's right. Always hanging out. Is the, the Swaggy Booties are always hanging out. Uh, but no, uh, here in about 20 minutes, we'll get you, we'll go around the NFL here on the Get Right. But in a way, this is some things that were around the NFL, but we had a couple of longtime, well established coaches. Um, step away from the game in a way today, C.A., and both of them, oddly enough, 72 years of age. Early on in the day, we saw, um, and I know that I saw, I think I saw it from uh, Adam Schefter reporting, but it was uh, the announcement that the Seattle Seahawks will no longer be coached by Pete Carroll after 14 years and um, 10 playoff appearances and the franchise's only Super Bowl championship as well, and under his tenure, they team owner Jody Allen announced that they were going to mutually agree for him to no longer be the head coach, right? And so he would he is now going to step into an unspecified uh, role with the organization, which means it feels like they're giving him a soft landing. And I, I read that originally, I thought of it as. Sounds like he's kind of ready to step away at 72, like he's been he doing this a long time. He didn't say that last week. No, he didn't, and he he also, in his his farewell conference, he, he agreed, you know, he considered the mutually agreed to set on a new course conversation, but he also said that he competed pretty hard, quote, to uh, remain the head coach and ultimately, quote, went along with their intentions. So it does seem like the organization looked up and was like, hey, this might be a good time to make that move after a 9-8 yeah. and eight season. So there's that, but then there's also which uh, it, uh, news that felt like it dwarfed this one. It did. As later on, we found out that Nick Saban, one of the best, if not the best, college football coaches in history, uh, won seven national championships, turned Alabama back into a national powerhouse. He ultimately said that he is going to retire, saying that uh, Alabama has been a special place for him and Miss Terry, his wife, and that they've enjoyed every minute of their 17 years there. And becoming part of the Tuscaloosa family, but you know now he is moving on. And so, see, I'm interested from your perspective. Which one of these hits you the strongest? Was it Nick Saban stepping away or Pete Carroll uh, doing so? Well, the order was put like this: Pete Carroll better be glad his announcement came first because it got dwarfed it immediately. Nick Saban, that story is now not just the biggest story in football; it's the biggest story in sports. There's nothing else to talk about today. It dwarfs it all because he's up there. Like you said, he's arguably the greatest college football coach in history. I mean, all you have to do is look at his resume. And the fact that he took his last team to the college football playoffs showed you he's relevant. They only lost two games. They lost to Michigan last weekend in the in the semifinal, and Texas knocked them off. So Nick Saban, and again, we're talking about a coach that competed in the SEC, which is arguably the best conference, top to near bottom, in college football. So it wasn't like, oh, yeah, he won all these games coaching in Boise State. I mean, dude was doing it at Alabama, where the biggest name in college football had been the head coach, Bear Bryant. They don't talk about Bear Bryant no more. Yeah, 
And I think it's also worth mentioning, you said he did it in the, the conference that is the F- SEC. He did it at Alabama, a place where the expectations are kind of insane. Exactly. Right? Like, think of it this way. Um, Nick Saban hadn't won a championship in, what, three seasons? Is that right? And people people were starting to talk about Nick oh, yeah. Saban a little bit. Like, you know, and not like necessarily that it was like he's a bad coach, but just, well, maybe Nick's lost it. Three seasons not winning that, a that national crazy it is. title. It's, it's worse than any uh, other fan base, seriously. And, and Nick talks about it, and, and he's got a talk show down there, and he would take phone calls, and he would calmly cuss them out. And so, and but this is the thing: is that's the level of expectation that Alabama always has, always. But it hasn't, it hasn't felt like that because Nick Saban has been so good, and through not just a tough schedule consistently, they've always recruited well, and on top of that. There's been a lot of turnover on those staffs, just constantly turning these over because people, if you want to get a coach, uh, you might go to one of these consulting firms, but ultimately what they're going to come back with after taking hundreds of thousands of your dollars is going to tell you, hey, hire one of Nick Saban's assistants and it'll probably go well. And that usually does. And then Nick Saban goes and finds another assistant who gets the job done. And there's those things he's he's had to adjust. There was a, Nick Saban always been a defensive guy. And you used to be able to just see that offense just constantly run the damn ball and, you know, grind out games and not do high flying acrobatic things. And he came to a point where he looked up and was like, well, the game has gone to a place where your offense has to modernize, so I will modernize. He did, and he it, ha- did, he did that. it at halftime of the game against Georgia with Tua when he put in Tua over Jalen Hurts. That's and, when he did it. Yeah. And it's, I mean. And won the national championship. There's something to be said for all of these things. And this is just a small part of it. A dude who is an elite recruiter going to anybody's, uh, literally anybody's living room, talk to your mama, charm your grandma. Bring you to Tuscaloosa, right? But you know like, what? Yeah, I think what pushed him into retirement is this: mm-hmm. the portal. He can't control the wild, wild west. See, this that's the wild, wild west. That's an X factor that not only does he not necessarily have a competitive advantage, you can't tell what's going to happen next. He's seventy-two years old. He's not forty. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. He ain't got time to do all that stuff and try to coach football games too. I think it's a part of it for sure. Like the landscape has shifted, and that would be another shift that he'd have to make. Um, and I think he's capable of it, but ultimately there's something to be said for Nick Saban seems to be, in addition to like being a grouch, he seemed to be a grouch because lo- losses gave him an opportunity to coach. He seems to love the profession of coaching mm-hmm. and the act of you know taking guys and having them grow. Mm-hmm. Alabama might be the only place in the, in the nation that still kind of has that pipeline of guys coming young and you grow with the program and you might sit behind somebody, but ultimately you know that you are you end up better than where you know when you came in. And you can't always say that. But even now you're seeing guys transfer out. And I do wonder if he looked around the landscape and was like, the thing that I love doing the most, which is, you know, training up young men to make them better football players and I imagine better men, is not it's not as easy to facilitate. But in addition to that, again, he's 72 years old. And has done this for 17 seasons at Tuscaloosa. Remember, he did it at LSU before then, Mm -hmm. right? He's done it other places before then. He has a 51-year head coaching career, uh, a coach career in football. And you look around, and who is his peer? He don't. He no longer has peers in college football in general because he is that are like similar age with similar status. They don't exist anymore. And sometimes I wonder if you're like, enough, time to rest. I've done it all. I, I think that's part of it. I think that that's a major part of it. It's like, again, uh, like I said, the landscape has changed. The portal is in effect. In other words, the guys you're trying to coach up after losses, they'll say F you and they'll go transfer to another school. In other words, 
the the mentality is completely different of players nowadays than just even five or ten years ago. With that being said, like you said, he can't go have a uh, a cold beer with a, a peer because even the coaches are younger nowadays. In fact, I think uh, him doing that Affleck commercial with Coach Prime, that's probably the closest he's come to some coaches that might be his peers. And, and Dion is not his peer. No. I mean, also, like, not, but the not an age, you know really. What I mean? And also, yeah. Um, I the, thing, the crazy thing about it is anybody that you could point to as maybe his peer when you talk about winning at a high level and – you look at them and you're like, oh, actually, they're in the next generation or two generations right. off from him. Mm-hmm. The guys that you would probably look at as maybe his peers in college sports, maybe not just college football, the likes of Shashevsky, Roy Williams, those I wouldn't even say Jim Behan, but like those guys recently retired. Like it's about that time in the lifespan where it's time to say goodbye. And the reason why this was shocking was more just because he was still so damn good at it. We we didn't have to have the consideration. Maybe you put him at the pasture. Yeah, That's he, he, he wasn't was. he was he wasn't Joe Paterno, where you know he just he well, couldn't coach on the sidelines. He's <laughs> up on the top. I'm not talking about the scandal. No, I know, I know, but it's so hard to bring up Joe Paterno and not think about that. Yeah, well, like I said, for those who don't know, Joe Paterno, his last few years, he couldn't even coach on the sideline. He was sitting in a chair in the press box in the coaches in the coach's booth. And I can even go and say he's not even a Bear Bryant because when Bear Bryant retired, he died a year about a month later. Seriously, about a month later because mm-hmm. that's all he did. He was yes, a coach. Ross. Yes, like That's just what he, he coached till he died. It basically. meant that much to him. I I do wonder like what the next step is for Nick Saban because again there is so many of these guys that make college football their life and college football unlike I think any other sport requires so much of you right. There's no off season. Ca, mm-hmm. you always exactly. like You're when right the season on. ends. You are now in somebody's living room trying to get the next crop of young men that are going to sustain the machine that is the college football uh program that you are running. And so I I don't know that that immediately translates to we're just going to rest by the lake or anything. So I, I wonder, do you can you see a situation where uh, Nick Saban's on TV breaking down these college football games or something? Um, I can see it. Nothing is ever impossible. And again, you sir, you found out that he and Belichick had personality when they did a, 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 a I don't know if it's a documentary, but they did some kind of TV stuff together. Remember that? Where they were just t- telling their stories and they were sitting around talking. I'm like, okay, that's a peer. And Belichick may be joining me because he's probably not going to be back next year. But back to Nick Saban, the question going around everywhere is like, well, who's going to follow him? Yeah. You know Sark's name is being talked about because he was his offensive coordinator a few years ago. But I don't think anybody wants to be the coach to follow Saban. You want to be the coach to follow the coach that follows Saban. Well, I feel like you got to take the job, though. Like, and that's the thing. It's it's you mentioned it, and we always mention it. You're hired to be fired. This feels like one of those where you just kind of got to take the opportunity to go. Unless but if you're a big name, you don't. You can just leverage it. You can get your you can get your your school to pay you to stay. But if you're a big name, in other words, I'm talking about the biggest names. I'm not talking about a young buck. Sure, I'm talking but about the biggest names out there. They're de- not going to follow him. Depending on where you are. That makes name like, a name. Like Debo Swinney is one of the people bring up a lot, and yep, I'm like, because he was that, a, he was an assistant over there. He's and he's always like Alabama guy. He's always seemed like, but there's something to be said. And there was a recent like this year they were they were a little uh, shaky at one point, and they had the you know, the young man call into the program and mm, accost Dabo, yeah, yep. uh, right to his face, <laughs> or I guess in a way, yeah. And Dabo, in uh, as, as nice of a way and as churchy of a way as he can, basically said, "Hey, don't forget where y'all were before I got here," and he has a point. In making that statement, like Clemson was not this national power, sure and there's something to be said for the level of clout that that gives you and the the level of stability that gives you. And I imagine, 
I don't know that you give that up for the demands nope. that Alabama gives you when you can still get, I think, mm-hmm. most everything you want there. Now, some of the names that come up are maybe some younger guys. Well, I guess you probably put in a call to Kirby Smart to see if he if he would want to come. But I feel like yep, that's Georgia, the same. Georgia, feel like that's coach. You're, you're, you've got the same thing with a lot more buy-in <laughs> or a lot more uh, equity in the stake when you've won a couple of national titles there at Georgia. But names like Dan Lanning at Oregon, who had previously, you know, uh, he was under Alabama, under Saban at Alabama, then went to Georgia with Kirby Smart and is now at Oregon running what looks like an SEC program. He's a young guy that's come up. Kalen DeBoer, the head coach at Washington, mm-hmm. comes up. Yep. Uh, James Franklin at Penn State, which I don't I don't know why you put his name in there other than to get him another uh, extension that he probably doesn't deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Norvell, Marcus Freeman. Like, mm-hmm. There's not going to be a name that's perfect, but I can see some of those younger guys coming in. Dan Lanning seems like a great name because he can build an SEC yeah. program, but it all just feels like natural and let me remind you again Nick Saban is not a mortal in a way when it comes to this college football thing mortals in this college football thing will have some level of falter to him and I just don't think Alabama has the level of time to abide by that so I feel like whoever comes in is going to be hired to be fired but you kind of got to do it for the profile listen to this that notes the name that you didn't mention and you didn't mention his name because he's sitting at home on a pile of money and don't nobody want to touch him who herb you man herb no, no. Jimbo Oh, <laughs> well, the reason why Jimbo doesn't come up in my mind personally, I don't know. Maybe somebody actually wants to do that. Although I don't know if he has. No, a, they don't. I don't not, know if he has. Not at Alabama. Come on. Is we mentioned with Nick Saban that he had to modernize his offense. Mm-hmm. That's the exact thing that Jimbo wouldn't do at Texas A&M. Exactly. That ended up got him getting him got. Yep. But, you and know, like I said, he's he's sitting on a pile of money. He ain't doing nothing. I, I bet I, he might coach some small college or Boise State or something like that just because he likes to coach. But he ain't coaching no big-time program that's going to compete for a national championship no more because, like you said, he's set in his ways and he got a pile of money. If he can't get his way, he'll be comfortable without it. Yeah, so I, f- I found it interesting that you have two guys that are a little older mm-hmm. in this thing. And, I mean, not to call people just old, like 72. They've, they've lived a good amount of life, particularly in this football thing. Had, and also, you talk about peers in, peers in the game. Pete Carroll, if he had stayed in college football, would be one of his peers. And now yep. he is also, in a funny way, on the same day, um, kind of stepping away from that on-the-field football role. So a couple of guys, high-esteemed, college, or high-esteemed football coaches, I mean, kind of college football coaches, that are stepping away from the field. Kind of interesting to see on this January 10th. 2024 it's the get right right here on 105 through the fan i feel like we got to talk more about Pete carroll because it could have ripples ripple effects that could affect your dallas cowboys we'll talk about that and more as we go around the nfl next on the get right call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Some good and bad news. I'll start with the bad. The Wild have scored at the AAC, so they are on oh, the board. The good news, Jason Robertson is on the board as well. It's 4-1 to one in favor of your Dallas Ooh. Stars at the AAC. About halfway to go in the third period. They're looking like they're going to handle business. And as I say that, make that 5-1 to one in favor of your Dallas Stars. Mm. Fantastic night. Um, just they just needed a little bit of a kickstart, and Wilder giving them that in this home and home situation. Matthew uh, in, in goal again. Uh yeah, Matt Murray still mm-hmm. in goal. Um, can't say that he's holding them goalless tonight, but he's still doing a good job. Um, at the AAC, it's get right right here on 105 through the fan. I'm Reginald Latula. That voice you hear is Chris Arnold. Got you down. The three-time Hall of Famer broadcasting from the Star in Frisco. How, how's your broadcast position feel like? Nice and cozy. <laughs> just cozy it sounds like you got a sip of tea in there you sound like you're having a, a nice un, like some cocoa in the ski lodge or something a little bit you know <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be cold this weekend so might as well take care of that voice absolutely it is absolutely going to be cold and i already start to feel it in my voice when it comes to the chili so i'm definitely gonna get some tea once i get the, off the air but we're not doing that till 11 we got the show rolling on all the way till 11 for you right here on the fan and right now we should go around the nfl and the get right and we begin doing something that hasn't been done on the show in a little while but we mentioned earlier Pete Carroll stepping off of the field for the Seattle Seahawks and you know what I could tell you about the story but I wouldn't do it as much justice as a cut number 12 here Ian Rappaport can you tell us about Pete Carroll being out as a Seahawks head coach and if we turn our focus to where they might go from here I think it's pretty obvious keep an eye on Dan Quinn the Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator obviously has a ton of familiarity with Seattle. Still well-liked, still has really good relationships, and I think it's fair to say he's going to be one of the focuses of the search for general manager John Schneider, who now, along with Jody Allen, is in charge of the search. And really, the second half of this year, probably the last month or so, Schneider has quietly been doing research on potential head coach candidates just in case this ended up happening. And this was always going to be something where if Pete Carroll decided it was in the best interest of the organization and if Jody Allen decided sort of together if Pete Carroll would move on, Schneider would have to conduct a coaching search for the first time in his tenure as general manager, wanted to make sure he is ready. Now this has happened. Uh, he is, of course, ready. And, you know, really, I think this has been, you know, a possibility over the course of the last uh, several years. Now official and final, Pete Carroll out as head coach, steps upstairs uh, to be still involved in football, but obviously a new person on the sideline. Now, C.A., Rappaport reporting there that Dan Quinn 
And he, I mean, that is the only name that has been recorded, uh, reported in that direct, uh, you know, association with that Seattle Seahawks job as Pete Carroll was moved off of the sideline today. Does that, does it feel like Dan Quinn is definitely not going to return as the Cowboys DC next year then? It never is smart to be definitive. Okay, fair enough. You are, sounded very much like Jerry Jones right there. Well, it's just real smart. I mean, yeah. in this day and age, somebody could have been definitive and said the Rangers would never beat the Astros. Yeah. And guess where they would be? You uh, see what I'm saying? Wrong. Wrong. Uh-huh. But all indications are he should be their leading candidate because he's homegrown. Yeah. He was the guy that co-created the Legion of Boom. He was the director of it, and they went to the Super Bowl back-to-back. It wasn't his fault they didn't win the second one. And then when he was the head coach at Atlanta, it wasn't his fault that they lost that game, even though he was the head coach. Kyle Shanahan got cute. At the same time, Dan Quinn is – he's got property in Southern California. got property in Hawaii. If he doesn't go to the Seahawks, if he leaves the Dallas Cowboys, I bet it's somewhere on the West Coast. But I think it would be a natural fit. I think he and Schneider are good friends. It just all depends on if they feel like, okay, he can – I mean, he's a natural fit. It's not like they have to teach him the way Seattle does things. Um, okay, so I, heard I don't know you, if he's gonna. I don't know if he's gonna leave. Right, right. I heard what you were saying. I just realized that I lied to you earlier, and I hate lying to you. So let me correct that. It's oh. got Wedgwood between the pipes for the stars. I don't know how that I alluded that that eluded me for so long. It's actually Scott Wedgwood. That, that's why they gave up a goal. I uh, know. I'm just saying. Wow! Wow! His legs are not Dang. totally. Wow! Wow! Fresh. No, but I, I hear kidding. you. I think that, I mean, it, there's a lot of things that would make this make sense, this move for Dan Quinn. Mm-hmm. I know I've seen a lot of people talk about, well, time for Al Harris to become the defensive coordinator or maybe Joe Witt, who I know a lot of people last this time last year were looking at Joe Witt as well. Okay, hopefully wherever Dan Quinn goes, if he goes, he does not take John, Joe Witt, so you can kind of keep some continuity there. Um, I, I, can I tell you a quick story? Please do. Why you can't just assume, and it seems like it, it's all going to add up and then something could happen and make it fall apart. You couldn't have told people a few years ago before they hired Wade Phillips as the Cowboys' new head coach that it was not going to be North Turner. Mm-hmm. I was down there covering the Super Bowl in Miami, and North and Jerry were hand-in-hand hand, making all the rounds. It was just about a done deal. They're bringing him back. He was the offensive coordinator. Troy Aikman, of course, loved him back in those days when he was the coordinator. He was always, quote-unquote, a cowboy in a way. And it was just about bringing him back because he was available. He was coming back, and then he and Jerry had one small disagreement. North Turner wanted to hire um, – who's the coach that just got fired from Washington? Who, Ron Rivera? Rivera's brother was coaching for the Bears. He was the defensive coordinator for the Bears. And that's who North wanted, and that's who was playing in the Super Bowl, is the Bears versus the Saints. Or Bears versus yeah, Bears versus the Colts or the Saints. One of them. The Bears were in the Super Bowl, and they he wanted Ron Rivera or he wanted Rivera, and Jerry said they were asking Rivera, "Well, can you coach this three four defense?" And he said, "No, I coach a four three, and I'm not gonna." And Jerry said, "No, I paid too much money for all these different kind of players because it's a three it's a four three defense. Parcells three four defense Parcells built it this way." And North said, I can't come if I don't have my defensive coordinator as my back because that's where I messed up at San Diego and at Washington. So it fell apart at the end. It fell apart just when everybody thought North Turner was coming back, old friend, to revive the Cowboys and take them to the promised land. So just like I said, this is a similar situation Mm -hmm. of guess what? 
Dan Quinn coming back home, blah, 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 blah. And then something could come up. I, they I might hear, not agree on the offensive coordinator. I hear you. I hear you. But that Dan Quinn mentioned as probably the first name to consider as the Seattle Seahawks, uh, you know, let it know, let it be known that um, Pete Carroll will no longer be the head coach. Um, now, somewhat uh, tangential to that, I guess. I forgot what I was going to say. I'm not going to be completely honest. But we'll go. We'll continue around the NFL as it seems like there was a lot of folks trying to figure out what are the Minnesota Vikings going to do? Uh, Kirk Cousins is a free agent, and it seemed like most people had the feeling that yeah, he's not going to be back. Hell, they probably would have traded him if he did not get hurt during the season. Yep. Well, Quasi Adolfo Menso, the um, general manager in Minnesota, said, quote, I think I've been pretty consistent with that, that being wanting Kirk Cousins back. I thought we were playing pretty good football before he got injured. It's the most important position in sports. He went further to say, now ultimately it comes down to can you find an agreement that works for all sides but and all those things. But as a player, it's certainly my intention to have him back here. So Kirk Cousins remaining the Minnesota Vikings uh, quarterback. Is that probably the best way that they have to play this? They have to play it that way. That doesn't mean he's going to be. You throw away your leverage if we say we're shopping him. You see, you see what I'm saying? He's, he's a good quarterback. I mean, he could be a great quarterback at times after 3 p.m. I mean, before 3 p.m. But I'm, I'm kidding. But seriously, it's like poker. It's like you're talking about draft picks. You know, if you, if you put on the cap of, of, a, of an observer and say, okay, this is a draft pick, who we're going to pick at this spot, you can't show your hand. They can't say that they're moving on from Kirk Cousins when all indications in the offseason were this is his last year at Minnesota. Well, I mean, at this point, he is, I believe he's out of contract, so they'd have to get a contract done with him for this season. Uh, but we'll, we'll keep watching. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that were wondering who could they possibly draft. Maybe, just maybe, the draft is not something that they consider. Maybe they just keep Kirk Cousins on. And, and maybe they just bring in Russell Wilson. I mean, I, I can't imagine you bringing in Russell Wilson and, well, unless Russell Wilson is willing to take back up money or something to that effect, which I don't, I don't know, maybe. Maybe he's at that point in his life where he's found a level of alignment. I don't know. Who knows? Um, that was that was Vegas had Minnesota as one of the destinations when the word came out that they were lowballing Russ and wanted him to uh, take a pay cut. Sure, but I mean that, that was the only reason I brought it up is because right. Vegas had it, and I imagine that's in in some capacity as a level of starter. But we'll see. There's a lot of time in this off season to see that come to fruition. Real quick before we go around the or go on around the NFL, I found this interesting. Uh, if you're a fan of the of the show Succession. Uh, a little bit of family infighting with money. The NFL got some of that for you as well. As the Houston Texans, apparently there's a little bit of efforts by one of by the, the owner's sons to have her declared incapacitated and needing a guardian. Now, if you're familiar with like Britney Spears, what happened there, uh, that's somewhat what seems to be trying to be happening here. Robert Carey McNair Jr., a son of Bob McNair, um, filed an application for appointment of a guardian for Janice McNair, who is 87 and who is his the, mom. Yeah, his mom um, in Harris County, which is where Houston is located. Uh, the application, uh, you know, details his reasons for seeking to have her declared incapacitated and was temporarily temporarily sealed. But with that being the case, Janice McNair and her son, Cal McNair, who is the chairman of the Texans right now, basically runs this. They were shocked that uh, the son came through. And they said that they were, quote, drastic and unwarranted measures of alleging his mother is incapacitated and seeking to terminate her rights and appoint mm-hmm. himself as the guardian to control her personal, financial, and medical decisions. So 
A little bit of a family infighting in the NFL. Like you CA. said, it sounds like a TV show. Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it sounds like, well, I, I can do better than what Cal's doing. Mm-hmm. Let me let me be it. How, how do I make that happen? You are not fit to make these decisions, mama. Mm-hmm. I, would you want to see this as a television show? Of course. <laughs> You're like, I would, I would watch the mess. I was yeah. about to say, who doesn't love a good power struggle? Exactly. And, and family, too. That's great. I, I imagine that D'Amico's like, just don't don't talk to me. Let me do the football. Right. Just let Leave me do the Y'all figure that out as long as the checks keep clearing and I can do this football. But, yes, that's uh, those around the NFL here on the Get Right, right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, uh, there's 14 playoff teams as we have headed into the, the postseason for the NFL. What are the myths around them? And can we bust them? Let's let's talk about myth busting the playoff teams. Uh, you know, myths around them. We'll discuss that next on the fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.